Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Jonah, chapter 3, verse 10, through chapter 4, verse 11, Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, verse 21 through 30, the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 20, verse 1 through 16, and Psalm 145, verse 1 through 8. In the name of God, God, our Creator, our Redeemer, and our Sanctifier. Amen. Long time ago, I have to say, I went to school at one of the most popular modern destinations for prophets wanting to save people from their wickedness, and that was Berkeley in <laughs> the 60s. The prophets were all around us because we were known informally as the Nineveh of the United States, with our anti-war protests, our countercultural hippies, and of course the usual subversive academics. We were, we were provocative, we were loud, and sometimes we were high. And probably like the Ninevites in the Jonah story, we were discriminating about which prophet to listen to. So if somebody, say, Jonah, comes in straight from the San Francisco Bay, he has seaweed hanging from his hair, he has sand stuck to his skin, and he smells a little bit like whale spit, we usually didn't listen to him. But the Ninevites listened to Jonah. And they all dressed in sackcloth as repentance for their wickedness. They dressed their cows and chickens. They dressed the doctors and cooks and teachers and children and, yes, even the politicians in sackcloth. So what's the story of Jonah really about? A lot of people think it's about, it's about a prophet who disobeys God. You can't disobey God without suffering severe consequences like Jonah did with his whale and what, being humiliated in front of the Ninevites and, and the comeuppance from God. But that's not the point. We all disobey God at some point, and we don't get swallowed by a whale and spit up in North Korea. So the point is that Jonah was wrong. That's the point. Jonah thought he was supposed to preach doom to a bad city. But that's not true. He was there to preach the opposite, to bring God to a hurting city. Just his very presence in Nineveh spoke volumes about God, that God is not just the God of the Israelites. God is not the God of just the people that God thinks are great. God is the God of the Assyrians and the Romans and the Taliban and even the French. God has enough love and forgiveness to spare for everybody. So Jonah had it all wrong. The real message of God was not doom for a wicked city, but rather God's love and forgiveness for all the people in it. It's not a picky God that we serve who saves only the people God loves. This is a universal God which includes God's circle of, who, which includes in God's circle of love all the people we would want to exclude. And that includes the Ninevites, the meanest, vilest, nastiest, cruelest, baddest, most barbaric and ungodly place ever to inhabit the earth, including Berkeley. <laughs> so there, Jonah. Now, Jesus in his parable, he goes farther. He, he takes a step farther than the writer of the book of Jonah. Jesus tells a story about fairness, about, about the landowner boss who is not fair. We might be like Jonah, thinking that God is not fair here. 
God is not fair because, because God brings salvation to bad people. God isn't fair because God refuses to reward the worthy and punish the unworthy, the way we think God should do, the way justice would demand, and the way common sense would tell us. God is supposed to reward the worthy and punish the unworthy. And God is not fair because God, as an employer, gives Leonardo Latecomer a chance at earning some money even though he does not deserve it. Now, the employer does pay quite enough to the regular employee who has all the, who has the, the car they need and, and the education and who can work every day because they come from a good family and has the right connections. God pays a good salary for that. That's fair, right? But then... God lifts up the poor ones, the temp worker, the temp worker who could not get to work until late because he missed the bus and with two hours of labor would not earn enough money to pay for dinner for his children. And we say, it's not fair. That's not fair. You don't pay the same. No, it isn't fair. It's fair when you get what you deserve and you earn what you work for. That's what we believe. Now, because Jesus' parable is about a situation that closely parallels situations in our current society, it's easy to be misled to take this parable as being about exactly what it says, labor practices, fair wages, and so on. It sure sounds like that. In fact, I thought so until yesterday, which tells you when I wrote this sermon. <laughs> but remember, that this is a parable about the kingdom of God. That's what it's about. Like Matthew's parables, they're all about the kingdom of God. And when Jesus talks about the kingdom, he uses the world's images, and he talks in human categories because he has to. There is no language of heaven that translates to us. So the kingdom is like a pearl of great price, right? The kingdom is not a pearl. The kingdom is not a mustard seed, it's not a handful of yeast, and it's not a temp agency. The kingdom is not even about a fair anything. It's about God, what God does, and what God is about. It's about, it's about that one of the last sentences of this parable that tells us the difference between God and us at the end. Are you envious because I am generous? Are you envious because I'm generous? Makes me uncomfortable to hear that. Do you resent that I give freely? Does that seem unfair to you? So Jesus throws out our whole notion of fairness in this world. He declares it irrelevant in the world of the kingdom. In the parable about the day laborers, the kingdom rejects the normal, fair way of doing business and pays everybody equally no matter how much they work. A lot of people, and not just on Wall Street, but a lot of people would have a hard time justifying such bizarre labor practices. But God does not play by our laws of economics. And in fact, God makes a lousy bookkeeper. God spreads God's wealth. God's wealth is love, forgiveness, a home in the kingdom, everlasting life. That's what is God's wealth. God spreads God's wealth indiscriminately giving Leonardo Latecomer the same exact wealth as Ermina Earlybird. This God is generous to a fault, to infinity even, generous to infinity, a God whose generosity offends and baffles us. God's generosity towards human beings is beyond our calculations of what justice looks like. 
The thing is, though, Jesus is not trying to change the world's labor practices. He'd probably like to, actually, but he's not trying to do that as tempting as it may, as it may um, think for us to think that, given, for example, our current auto strike <laughs> and struggles of temp workers, things like that. That's not what Jesus is doing here. It's not his agenda. It's about letting go of our earthly notions of what God is all about, letting go of trying to conform God to our earthly standards of how people and community should be treated. We can't keep conforming God to our earthly standards. As long as we project onto God our earthly standards, we will continue to be confused or even resentful of God's heavenly standards. Because no, God is not fair. God is generous. God is extravagant even. God does not transact heavenly business by our earthly standards of worth. And we should be grateful for that, actually, because if we were rewarded according to our deserving, if we had to negotiate with God our entrance fee into heaven, I think all of us would be Leonardo Latecomer. It's more about God's generosity than our deserving and about God's unlimited supply of forgiving love, unlimited. The kingdom is a place where we don't get what we deserve, thank God. We get what our loving God wants to give us. God's infinite love and mercy are poured out on each of us, and, and no matter how much you get, all of it is still available to me. And everybody gets the best seat in God's kingdom. No matter how late we arrive, the seats never run out because we all get the place that has been prepared especially for us. That's what Jesus said. So even if you and God get together late, late in your life, late in the day, even if you and God get together late, even if you never showed up for God because you missed the bus or you got a flat tire on the way to the kingdom or you got lost or distracted by video games, <laughs> even if that happens, you'll still get the same amount of love from God that Ermina Earlybird gets, infinite because there is no amount to God's love. There's no amount. As Phil said last week, too, there's no amount to God's forgiveness. It's a bottomless well. Is that not fair? Well, God doesn't really care whether it's fair or not. It's what God does. We have a God whose desire to love us and to be with us extends to us even, even when we are confused or skeptical or half-hearted or even wicked like the Ninevites. God still extends God's love. So what if we were to extend that same goodness and love to others who are, after all, just like us? Confused, skeptical, half-hearted, or even wicked. Because that's what Jesus calls us to do. Jesus calls us to make known in whatever way we can, make known how amazing is God's boundless love for the world. So take God's generosity and God's open arms and do the same for others that God has shown you. If God is a landowner, God has made us stewards of that land to care for that land and its people with the same care and love given to us. What God has so freely given to us, it is unfair for us to hoard. The good news the good news is that God's grace is so great, so enormous, so infinite, that it is there for us no matter what, 
no matter when and no matter why. So no matter how late in the day it is, it is never too late for God, whether we're on our deathbed, in our jail cell, or in somebody's doghouse. Even as the sun sets on this life, it is never too late to receive God's grace. And you know what? We don't need to earn God's grace. It's just there. As somebody said once, God loves you, and there is not a thing you can do about it. Amen.